Hello. All right, I think we got enough people in here. So I was supposed to do this live like, I think like two days ago or something, but sorry, my titties are showing. But I was supposed to do this live like two days ago or something like that, but I didn't do it. So pretty much what I wanna um, talk about today is how to develop connections when you have abandonment issues and the importance of my like page, the reflection. So the way that I found to develop connections when you have abandonment issues is taking your time. The reason why I say taking your time is important is because so much of what we do is rushed nowadays, right? In society, it's like there's the instant gratification. They call it the popcorn culture where you just want to have everything instant. And I think that when you have abandonment issues, you have to be careful because a lot of people will come into your life. And sometimes they know that or they can even sense it based on how you carry yourself. And it's a way of getting them to take advantage of you. So if you're overly nice, you know, you're always looking out for people, making sure people are taken care of. People are going to see that you have that problem and they're going to try to do everything they can just to be able to use you almost. So if you don't take your time, you're going to end up in situations where you're dealing with people that um, I guess maybe they can pretend that they like you. You know, they can show like a little bit of interest here and there. And because you've been abandoned, you know, at one point in your life, you're always going to think well, maybe I should overly pursue this person. Maybe, you know, if they're not available now, I may have done something wrong that, you know, caused them to do this. And I suffer from this too, because it's, it's really hard to know, like, when people are being authentic with you. So if you don't take your time and pay attention to the signs, you're actually just going to create a whole lot of destruction for yourself. So some of the things that I know that you can create would be heartbreak for one. Um, for two, it would just be a constant state of confusion. You know, you're always going to be in a situation where you're never going to be able to tell whether someone is truly there for you or if they're there because the illusion you've created in your mind is what's keeping them available. So I think that that is something important to consider when you look at the whole abandonment issues and how to develop connections that way. And um, another thing, too, would be that some people, they just want to keep people around for entertainment, right? So they may not even be feeling you like that, but it gives them comfort or it gives them company throughout the day. So as they go through the day, they're going to keep doing all these different things to try to make themselves seem interested in you, you know, get your attention, get you comfortable, get you right where they want you. Then they'll ghost you. Has anyone experienced that ghosting? Because that's like a new thing now, too, where pretty much people will get you. <laughs> it's so crazy, but people will get you in a comfortable state, get you feeling them, then they disappear. That's like the worst heartbreak ever. Like, yo, if I did something wrong, like, please let me know what I did wrong so I can fix it up for the next person. But don't just disappear on me. You know what I mean? And something like that kind of taught me why I guess closure is important. I've never been a big fan of closure because I figure, you know, as adults, you should be able to accept the fact that someone doesn't want to be with you. But the more and more I think of it, I think closure is important because without closure, you're setting yourself up to kind of have those wounds get reopened again. You know what I mean? Like if you're trying to date after you've gone through a heartbreak, you're doing the same thing over and over. How are you going to know if there's anything different? You've been ghosted many times before? Yeah, that shit hurts, yo. That shit is like one of the most painful experiences on earth. I hate it. Like I try to make sure if I'm talking to someone and I'm not feeling them, I let them know up front like what it is. Like maybe, you know, we weren't a perfect fit. 
You know, maybe we weren't compatible, but maybe they can find a, a, someone else that they can build with. But to ghost someone, nah, I hate that feeling. And Elizabeth says people have been ghosting since the beginning of dating. I'm sure, maybe. But I mean, I guess now it's harder to do it because everyone is so like social media driven. You know, you go somewhere now, you you're on their Facebook, you're on their Instagram, you're on their Snapchat. It's harder. But at least back then, if they ghosted you, you know, we didn't really have communication like that outside of maybe like letters or phone calls every now and then. But I would much rather be ghosted back then than to be ghosted now. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, so she also says, I believe people ghost because they do not feel the need of responsi um, responsibility to explain or express anything. I can agree with that. And I think that's what it is for them. Like they don't feel like they should have to, but I just think like someone deserves that respect. So like if you're someone that's actively dating, you're going out with people, you know, for guys, they're courting women, they're spending money on them, they're spending time. Like that's the least you can do because for guys, we can't get that time or money back, you know? And I feel like just to be courteous and respectful of that person, it's better just to at least give them a chance to understand what they did. And um, I don't know what it is with society where society just can't be vocal about the things that are troubling them, but I guess it's the norm now too. Seems like a lot of people don't really want to do it. So Marissa says, you never really know how someone is going to react when you tell them you're not interested. I agree, but I mean, damn, that is a good point. Shit. <laughs> I feel like that's too much to come back from because you're right. Like that's why a lot of guys end up killing women and, you know, spin on them and harassing them. Like, especially when they're at clubs and stuff. They try to give them their numbers and they reject them. Like these little men act like boys and get immature. Like there's not going to be someone that's going to like you all the time. We have to accept that. And I think that's a part of it. Like as we learn that process and as we get the hang of it, it makes it easier. But for some reason, it's like people expect to have everything their way and it has to be instant. And without it being that way, then it has to be a problem. You've been stalked. Yeah, that's kind of scary. Then, yeah, I definitely feel you guys as to why you may go someone. But I mean, it's another aspect, too, why I believe if you are dating someone or if you are courting them, don't bring them to your house. Don't let them know where you live. Like, try to always keep yourself in a neutral location, in a public location. That way people can at least have an eye on you. But anything that is, oh, let's go back to my crib or let me come back to your house. Mm, I don't really know. I mean, yeah, there's times for that, but you got to be very trusting. And even being very trusting is like. A, a, a huge thing nowadays too because a lot of people will present themselves peace Cheryl a lot of people will present themselves as being someone that you can actually build with but really their ulterior motives are shit so it's just um a problematic thing and Elizabeth said again I had my apartment broken into cars damaged because I stopped talking to someone that I wasn't even dating sheesh yeah that's crazy I don't I don't understand that. Like for me, I'm a, I'm a very calm, reserved person. Like if you tell me you're not feeling me, I'll accept it. You know, what I mean, I'll do what I need to do to move on and keep it going that way. But to go and do crazy stuff just because we don't want to be together. Nah. They bring their representative to the table. They do. They do. And I look at dating as like, um, what do you want to call it again? I look at dating as like a, a job interview almost where there's like a little way of you trying to interview your um potential employer. So you want to make yourself more available for them based on what you think they need. So you try to do everything possible to try to fit what they're looking for. 
that's exactly why I'm cautious when I go on dates because I'm like, yo, I can't give you all this information just so you can use it against me and now present yourself as the perfect person. I had someone do that to me before. Like it was this girl that I was talking to and, you know, we were friends on Facebook. Like literally all the stuff that I was posting about was the stuff that she was telling me that she was about. And I was like, yo, how is it possible that all of these same things we align on? And then I started looking at her posts. I was like, hold on. So you mean to tell me all the conversations that we're having is literally just us being able to <laughs> copy each other and you're bringing it back to me to show me that you're interested? Nah, that's the problematic. But that's what I'm talking about. Like people are out here just doing anything possible just to try to get you to feel them. And that's what it's important to recognize. When you have abandonment issues, it's always going to be moments like that. But if you're not careful, people are going to constantly try to do things to get you off center. So you just have to remember that, you know, you being who you are is going to be something that requires a lot more patience. You know, you can't rush into things as much as you would, you know, other people or sorry, as much as other people do, because for you. With abandonment issues, you're not really certain on what is what. And if you're going about it from a standpoint of I'm needy, this person has to meet my desires and they have to meet all that I need. That's another problem, too. You know, one thing I've been learning since I've been doing my study um, is just about the fact that um, you have to be who you are for yourself. You know, you can't really expect someone else to love you the way that you don't love yourself. It's a setup for failure, because as you do that, you're basically teaching that person how to make you dependent on them. And the moment that that person walks away from you, your whole world is shattered. Why? Because you never learned how to do anything else on your own. Your whole existence was wrapped around the fact that you were comfortable for someone else. But that's what I'm talking about. If you don't find a means to be able to get yourself away from it, it's going to create an issue. And Elizabeth said, again, it's crazy. Some men feel like they own you or you owe them something. You never know who someone is until they show you. I agree. And I mean, you're right. It is crazy. Um, it's one reason why, like, as much as I tell you guys now, I'm looking for a wife and everything else like that. I'm just, I'm cautious. <laughs> like, I'm very selective in my process. And um, I'm just a very observant, too. Like, I'm watching what everyone's doing around me because, you know, someone can show themselves as being the best candidate possible. But in reality, it may just be the best candidate for that moment. So as you have that best candidate for the moment, it's going to be you know, little things that they'll do almost to test you just to see where you are. I look at them as like shit tests or boundaries, like ways to try to get you comfortable. And then once you're comfortable, try to see how comfortable you really are. Because most people, they have a, a high tolerance for, I guess, bullshit. You know, they're willing to give people passes and allow them to walk away and just do whatever they want. But when you know you're on a purpose, it's like some things you just can't even, you know, entertain. You just got to be militant minded and just say, you know what, that's it. For example, like if you go on a date and you're dating someone and that person has their phone out and you're talking to them where your phone isn't out, that's a sign of disrespect. So think about how serious things would be with you guys if you guys decide to take it to the next level and you guys are always at a place where every time you're trying to hold a conversation with them, they're removing themselves and they're not being able to focus. That's a problem right there, right? So, I mean, that could be a red flag within its own. It's just something that you have to consider because a lot of people... For whatever reason, they want to get you to get off center. They want you to get they want to get you to be focused on them. They want you to be concerned with them. And then once they are, you see the result, right? Uh, so Cheryl says, I have been on both sides of the spectrum in terms of stalking or trolling. So can you explain what you mean by trolling in, as it relates to the abandonment issues? 
conversation. And Cheryl says, it's a growth journey. It absolutely is. And I mean, it takes a lot of effort to be able to come to terms with this reality because the way shit is nowadays is just so crazy. Like, we either <laughs> try to be the best version of ourselves and people will come and try to destroy the shit or we be the not so best version of ourselves and people would ask us, well, why don't you show more of yourself? Why don't you reveal who you really are? You do that shit, then they get you right back in that spot that you didn't want to be in. So it's like, you got to really be mindful because without that, it's just... I set up for failure. Ashley B said, speak the truth always, but yeah, let them down easy. You will see who they are after they after you say no. Ooh, that's deep. I really think that is deep because a lot of times it seems like for most people, if they can't get what they want, their their world comes crashing down. Like they can't focus, they can't do anything else. But again, I mean I think as I'm I always post like lately, it's just about the abundance mindset, right? Being able to know that just because you can't get what you want now, it doesn't mean that your world is ending. It doesn't mean that life stops or it doesn't mean that you can't focus and do anything else. You have to always know that there's always going to be an opportunity to grow. And if we look at nature, nature basically shows us that, right? You know, we have four seasons that show us throughout the, the different four seasons that there's different things that we can do within those seasons. So that's how I look at life. Like we have to look at God in the same manner, because as you look at God, God offers that same comfortability. But it teaches you not to get too comfortable because you have to also make changes as you go. So that's like a, a huge factor for me that I think that we need to start looking at. Because as we look at that more, we're able to now function in a way that, mm, you know, maybe that person was just for a season. Maybe they just were just to show me, you know, whatever I needed to see within that time frame. And I can keep it moving versus allowing myself to be stuck completely. And... Shell says, I'm healing abandonment issues. I have compassion for myself, but I know I have to be accountable and do my work. Absolutely. I mean, I'm the same way. I'm not going to lie. I have abandonment issues too. But at the same time, without you doing work, it's like you're just stuck. You know, you're placing all of your value on someone else to be able to resurrect you or to be able to give you some type of benefit. That doesn't make sense. It's self-love. <laughs> self-love for a reason. Self-love. You have to love yourself first. And without self-love, you're always going to fall into a trap. Always going to fall into a trap. People are so flaky nowadays, it's hard to really gauge it. You know what I mean? You try to put your trust or your, your sincerity in someone else, they go and fuck you over. What do you got left? Nothing. Sorry, y'all. My titties are showing. I got to readjust. But um, Shell says again, it can be an insidious thing, but it can also be a thing they don't realize they have healing to do. Sometimes we don't even learn we have trauma, aka issues to address. That's true. And that's why I think that it's important to be able to have that conversation, because as you have that conversation with people, it helps people get into a space where they're able to now see what's going on. And once they're able to see what's going on, they're able to make better. Don't be laughing at me because of my titties, yo. I'm sorry, y'all. I got big breasts. But yeah, you got to be able to make those adjustments because as you make those adjustments, it helps to get you in a proper mindset where you're not focused on them solely and you're able to now maneuver and do other things for yourself. So Cheryl says again, like I would be an investigator, see what he's doing. Why isn't he talking to me? Who's he with? All that cray cray stuff. Sheesh. Yeah, you got to have an abundance mindset because as you have that mindset, you're not even going to be worried about that. They can do whatever they want to do. But at the end of the day, if they didn't come back to you or if they didn't, I guess, give you the reassurance that everything's OK, maybe that's a sign, too. One thing I've been learning, too, lately is just the fact that. You have to be able to find comfort in getting an answer by not even getting the answer. 
So we sit here and we try to get people to, why don't you want to talk to me? Why don't you want to be with me? Well, if you got to do that, maybe that is your answer. Maybe that's reality teaching you everything you need to know in terms of there may be a better idea just to keep yourself <laughs> moving. You know what I mean? And I think that's something important that we need to do is just that we get so caught up with one person thinking that one person is going to be able to give us all that we need in that time frame. And that's what it is. So as it relates to that, too, if there's no real exclusivity, I think that it's important that we stop trying to force ourselves to be focused on that one person. And when I say that, I mean only on the basis of if this person hasn't shown us or if this person hasn't made the effort to make us committed to them, we cannot do that. You know what I mean? It's it's a setup for failure. And I see it happen so many times. Like I made a post earlier where I was saying that we have to get out of this mindset of thinking that just because we go on a date with the, this one person, that this person is going to be our, our person. <laughs> nah, that's the setup. Again, you have to know that just because you went on a date, you're literally just finding a method or a means to try to understand or come to a better understanding with that person. So look at dating just like an interview. When you go on a job interview, your job or the job that you applied for doesn't tell you, yeah, you were the only candidate that applied, so we're going to go and give you the job. Hell no. Nah. Other people apply and other people be able to go and make the effort just as much to show that they are well qualified as well. So why can't you carry dating in that same capacity? You know, if you have that same mindset, it shows you that you can literally you know, date other employees or interview other employees just to see who else is, is available and just to see what else you can get. I'm not saying you got to even have sex with these people, too, because whenever I mention this, like people always like, yeah, you can't be saying that because people going to think you saying to have sex with multiple people. Hell no. Nah. Go on a date. You know, do something fun. See how they are when you guys are doing something creative. See how they are or how they are when you guys are watching a movie. And you guys talk about the movie after. And I don't really look at movies as dates so much because I feel like you can't talk. But, I mean, if you guys are able to have discussions after about what stood out in the movie and what they noticed, I think that's important. You can kind of tell based on how people think, based on that. So you just have to gauge it. And uh, Michelle Nelson says, um, you have to believe that regardless of what happens in any relationship, you will be securing yourself. No person or thing can shake that foundation. That's the absolute truth. And that's why I say... As you have an abundance mindset, it teaches you not to be dependent on that person. So if you're someone that is antisocial, for instance, download meetups.com. Like for me, that's an app that was like a savior for me, like these last few years when I would just, you know, type in whatever interests I have and I would just go to social events just to be able to be a part of something. Like in DC, there was an event called Bloomberg. I don't know if, uh, is it Bloom? No, Bloom Bars. I think it's still going on where they would watch a movie or a documentary and they would literally have discussions after. Why can't you guys do that? Like to me, that's engaging. That's informative. That's able to keep yourself focused, keep your mind prepared in, in a constant state of less worry, too, because you don't have to worry about what the other person has going on. Maybe you guys won't be as connected. But if that person understands that you have a focus, you have a purpose, then they can see, hmm, maybe this person is, you know, Worried about trying to better their lives up rather than just worrying about me and what I have going on. So that's definitely something that I think is important. Cheryl says again, um, great insight. The people attract, teach us. I believe so too. I mean, I just think that it's just how we are able to be receptive to what's going on that allows us to get caught up in this situation that we have. So if we're constantly stuck, we're going to remain stuck and we're never going to progress anywhere else. Cheryl says again, the thing is, in his absence, it was a gift because he's teaching me to love me. Wow. I never looked at it like that. That's a good thing. 
I feel like that's important too. So that kind of takes me back to the whole topic of ghosting earlier, right? So with ghosting, maybe ghosting really isn't a bad thing in the way that we're looking at it because what if you're being ghosted to show you that you can actually grow yourself through whatever method it is that you did that caused you to get ghosted? So for example, if you're someone that is clingy or you're someone that's needy or overly affectionate, maybe this causes you now to take a step back versus being you know, that way with the next person, maybe you can be more willing to do it when they are receptive to it or when they want you to do it. I think that's another important part too. Like we give all this love and all this support. Some people don't need that shit. Let them ask you for it. Then it's like, you know that they need it and their understanding of it versus, oh, my name is Amadou. How are you? Let me give you a kiss. Let me hold your hand. Let me take you out. Let me do this. Nah, allow some things to develop first and then get yourself there. So that's a good point. And fashion says, I say that too. I'm not doing all that no more. I'm not asking why, why, why. I pay attention to signs. Yeah. And I think that's important. Like the older we get, we have to start recognizing the signs. Like for a lot of us, we've been doing this stuff since we've been kids, yo. Like how are you still doing the same things you've been doing since you were 18, since you were 13, 14, 15, 16? Like it's too late to keep putting yourself in this situation. So, for example, if you're dating someone and you know that person really doesn't respond back to either your messages or your phone calls, well, I think that's a sign. <laughs> I mean, regardless of anything, you got to just accept it. I mean, that's why I'm starting to see why ladies are saying like they're not really into having sex so early because I think the sooner you have sex, it kind of sets you up too. you know, you having sex with this person because you think you guys are connected and you guys are bonding. But really, they're just wanting to get sex. And once they get sex, there's nothing else. You know what I mean? On the post I made earlier, it was kind of just talking about that, how this lady, I think she went on a date and then the guy and her had sex and then the guy just stopped being so responsive to her text messages. So it was like she was uncertain of what happened, but I was just saying that I just thought it was just game because now if you look at the whole dating atmosphere and what people do, they like to pull back. And the pullback method pretty much is just where people will get you comfortable, get you feeling them, and then they'll just remove themselves from you. Now, it's not ghosting, so to say, because they're still responding, but they're, I guess, limiting how much they respond. So in that reality, what it's basically showing you is that you're going to be thinking of them more because now you're going to be wondering, are they dealing with other people? Are they focused on other situations? Are they trying to find a means of getting other people to fill them? That's why you got to be cautious, man. Like, I know it sounds like such a game, but I'm telling y'all, this studying that I've been doing, like, I'm learning so much about what really goes on in this world. And I'm just shocked because it's like sad to see that so many people are playing so many games. But unfortunately, like this becomes the reality of life. If you don't take the necessary precautions or necessary steps, you're going to be set up every single time. So you got to do what's necessary. And if that means loving yourself a little bit more, if that means dating multiple people just so you don't have to deal with that heartbreak in that aspect, go for it. You got to do it. Love yourself more. And Cheryl says, exactly. I'm learning to love the voids. Yeah, that's true. You got to. Those voids will literally give you everything you need. And it's funny because it thinks uh, we think that the void is the other person, but sometimes the void is us missing ourselves. The void is us not being able to get what we really need to get out of the situation. So we're stuck. We're trying to make other people more comfortable based on who we are and based on who we think they want. But you can't do that. That's why you got to be comfortable with who you are. Because the more comfortable you are, the less likely people are able to affect you. You know, you understand that it's just part of the process and it's just some things that I have to go through. 
And I used to, you know, as a little boy, I used to always think that when you got older, like when it came to dating people, like people would have a better understanding and people would be more courteous. You know, the golden rule that we're all taught, treat others the way you want to be treated. That shit is bullshit. That shit doesn't always work. I feel like the way dating works now is just the fact that when people are ready to take that next step, they'll do it. So that's why you see there's so many games, because people would rather waste your time, waste your time, waste your time. Then when they're ready to get serious, then that's when they're going to get serious. So it's just one of those things that we have to be mindful of, because without that, again, you know, set up, set up. You can't expect someone else to give you what you should be giving yourself. It's never going to work that way. So fashion says, because people make time for what they want. That's true. People definitely make the effort for what they want. And that's why you see so many people are able to stay in these long-term relationships and so on and so forth. They're comfortable. Now, they may not be comfortable because it's actually something that they like to do, but it's something that, you know, whatever it is that's in that relationship has made them feel like they're at peace with it. So if you look at the fact that someone offers them great sex, yeah, I know she get on my nerves, but I'm going to stay there because the sex is good. <laughs> it's crazy, but that's the reality, yo. Sometimes people don't even have a place to live. I know I don't got nowhere else to go, but I'm going to stay here. I'm going to just keep pretending. I'm going to keep making the effort just so I can stay with her. I mean, at least I know she's going to pay the bills. At least I know I got a warm plate to come home to. But you see how that works? Like, that's crazy. So, I mean, you got to start trusting actions, too, because actions will show you everything. If the action doesn't match the words or if the effort doesn't match the actions, you know, it's not much else to it. Just got to keep that moving. It's true. It's true. What else y'all got for me? Anybody else want to say anything else on here? Okay, I guess not. So what I want to talk about now is the reflection, right? The reflection is my like page. And, you know, when I started this back in May, like I never thought that this would blow up to be something as big as it's becoming. But I'm grateful for it because it lets me know that with all the stuff that I talk about on there in terms of relationships and what we need to do to heal ourselves. I think that it shows me people are willing to make the effort to make a difference, right? So as much as we talk about relationships here and we talk about dating, how dating is ineffective based on you know what the people are doing, I think that it says a lot that people are open to being, being able to hear a different aspect. Um, thank you, Brandy. She says, hey, I love your page, so positive. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be, like honestly. <laughs> It's tough, but I mean, I have to be like, I can't be this best version of myself without trying to, or I can't expect other people to be the best version of themselves without me being the same way. It's just, it's something that I've found to come natural over the years or over these last few months. And I just want to keep that, you know, mindset going. So yeah, that's pretty much what the reflection is about. The reflection for me, like if I, you know, eventually create this thing where I make a website and I start doing this little coaching stuff, it's just to show a mirror like holding up a mirror to people's faces and showing them that you have the ability to make a difference. It starts with you though. So without knowing your reflection, without seeing your reflection, how are you going to make anything change? So I just think it's just the little aspects of what we do from our day to day. You know, if you guys look at, I think this morning I posted a picture of a woman giving a man a forehead kiss and I spoke on the benefits of a forehead kiss. How many people don't even know that forehead kisses are actually beneficial? But because of that information I put out there, now people will see that and they'll now start incorporating that in their day to day. You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with it. But that's why I think that we need to be able to have these little, you know, platforms where we can talk or even share information. 
without shame or without people bringing it like I guess in a way that is sexual too because I think that's a, a big part too like everything in our society is so sex driven but sometimes it's not all about the sex like sometimes there's other forms of intimacy that we can focus on as well that help get us in a positive mindset or a positive you know state of mind but without us doing the work it's like we're always going to be stuck trying to I guess dig ourselves up from the bottom without looking around to see what else is needed right and Brandy Jackson says we need to we need these types of conversations and it's true these are the conversations I have every day. And I mean, y'all probably know, because I, I honestly feel like it. Like every time I make a post, like, oh, am I annoying someone? Am I getting on anyone's nerves? Probably. But I mean, at the same time, I'm promoting my business. I'm promoting the love. I'm promoting the need to express a desire that is deeply rooted in us, that we all have the ability to get. So if me showcasing love is a problem, I mean, I guess it's just going to have to be a constant problem because I'm never going to stop, you know? People can post all the nonsense they want on social media and all this other, you know, things that really don't benefit us as a whole. But me posting about love is an issue. Are you serious? But I don't care. Yeah, Michelle, the reflection. That's what it's about. And I mean, when I did this, like back in May of last year, like I didn't know what I was doing. Like literally, I just started doing podcasts, just talking, thinking maybe I can get people to have a better understanding of so-and-so. But, you know, somehow, some way it worked out. And um, I've received a lot of feedback, you know, a lot of feedback. You know, I made um, a post the other day talking about marriage and how um, there's no platforms for men. Like men want to get married, but what classes do you see men going to? What classes do you see, you know, fathers having to be able to teach them the importance of fatherhood? Yeah, there's a church. But how often does the church do that? That's probably like once every, what, first Sunday or something like that. So, I mean, just think of how important it is to have a space where men can now feel like they are able to express their deepest desires, their frustrations, their fears, and they don't got to worry about it. I mean, that's why I told you guys, if you guys know any men that have any of those issues, bring them my way. I'm not an expert yet, but I mean, I'm making the effort to get myself close enough there. So I'm willing to do whatever is needed to help us get in a positive you know, place, but it's not going to work alone. So, I mean, as much as I post these things, as much as I tell you guys about it, I need your help. Without your help, I'm not going to be able to get there. You know, men can go to therapy, but they don't they don't want to do that. They don't want to do that. Like I told y'all, man, y'all saw like how I got custody of my son. I've literally been posting about it often in almost every group I'm in. Like if you guys need help, like let me know. Like I can walk you through the steps, give you the tools, give you the resources that I use. How many of them reach out to me? None. So, I mean, it's just the same thing. Like, what are you supposed to do? Like, I've had, you know, my son's clothes for, like, the last few years. Like, I've reached out to dads, like, yo, if you need some clothes, like, you know, children four to six, let me know. I got you. You know, I'll give them to you for free. Just tell me. Nobody reached out. Nothing. And I mean, it is what it is. I'm not going to give up on them because I know men, you know, within their, their own mindset, like, based on their ego, they're kind of caught up. Like, they don't want another man telling them how to father, how to be a lover, how to be a supporter, how to be anything. So it's like, why would I listen to him? But I mean, I try not to look at it in a bad way because it did used to make me upset. Like, damn, you know, when I was going through my custody case, I wish I had a father reach out to me to offer me some type of motivation, but nothing. But here I am. I'm trying to give a father that type of love and support, but it doesn't happen. So I don't even try to worry about it. I just keep trying to promote my business and keep trying to promote, you know, the love that I feel like we should deserve, you know, from everyone and just keep it moving. I mean, eventually people will come around to it 
one thing I noticed about myself is that I'm an early adopter. Like my love, my job loves me because they always say like, no matter what goes on, Amadou always gets it. He always does things first. And it's true. Like I'm able to get on the wave of things before other people are. And then of course, other people start to get on the waves later. And it's like, oh, this is so cool. This is so nice. But what that means is that people come to things on their own understanding. So we can't force people to get where we need people to be right when we want them. We got to understand that people are, you know, whatever they got going on, they're going to start to get it. And I mean, as you guys see, like I promote marriage a lot. Like before I wasn't really marriage minded. I didn't really think marriage was needed. But as I look around me and I start to see my son needs to see a proper example of what it means to have a father that loves his wife and is able to love, you know, the mother of his siblings in the right way. And I mean, without me being married, I could be a boyfriend and girlfriend type of thing. But that shit is so temporary. Like, where's the longevity in that? You know, nowadays people get mad. You know, they move out. They leave you with the apartment. You're stuck. You got to figure that shit out. But at least when you're married, you're going to make all the effort possible to go to counseling, go to, you know, different, you know, therapy sessions, go to different things just to try to get you guys together. And I think that's why it's so important. I mean, for me, I've been thinking about my legacy a lot. Like when I'm gone from here. Who knows when that will be, but whenever I'm gone from here, what do I want people to remember me as? Is it just being someone that just made posts on Facebook about why we should do these things? Or is it someone that set the example of why it's important that we have these things in place just so we can get ourselves in the direction that we need to be in? That's what I'm saying. And that's why I think it's so important. As you have that mindset, as you start to build that understanding within yourself, a lot of the things that didn't make sense before will now start to make sense. And it'll put us in a better state of mind. And that's why I always say it all starts with us. Without us having the mindset to get where we need to be, we're always going to fail. So you look around you. You got kids. You got, you know, people you want to set good examples for. You better do it. Don't hold yourself back, yo. <laughs> I'm telling you. And y'all know I'm a big advocate for dating for your children. So when I say that, it doesn't mean to take your child on a date. I'm saying it simply to say that when you're dating someone, always keep people in mind that have your child's best interests at heart. So if you're going to find someone that, you know, they're never going to be home and they're never going to be available, they're always out in the street hanging with their friends, clearly that's not someone that you should be with. But if you have someone that is a family person, like, for example, if you're a woman that's dating a man, he's a family man, you know, he takes care of his kids, he has custody of his kids, you know, he's making an effort, he sees his kids, he spends time with his kids, that's clearly a good example. That's someone that you should be looking towards, right? So I just say that just to simply say, like, Again, there's so much work to be done, but without us doing the work, it's like a wasted effort. You just got to always keep yourself in mind. Always. You got kids, your kids need to be in mind as well. Stop just dating just because the sex is good or just because this person makes you feel special. Like, you should make yourself feel special. Like, all that other shit is irrelevant. Like, you got to start looking at the bigger picture and what truly matters. And without that, I mean, here you go. Set up. So today's topic is how to develop connections when you have abandonment issues. I've already addressed that, but I'm willing to address it again, just in case if anyone else wants to hear anything else about it. And you guys, please send me some questions because I have been on here for a while. I feel like I'm talking too much, so just let me know. Whenever y'all ready. So I'll give it like five more minutes just in case if there's no more questions. 
I'm a 90s R&B. You missed what? Oh, the dating with the abandonment issues? Okay, so I'm sure you're going to go back and watch it. But basically what I was just saying is that you have to be cautious, right? So when you're dating with abandonment issues, you have to be careful that a lot of people will try to use you just to feel comfortable. So it's not just it's not just the fact that they actually want to be with you, but it's the fact that you know you offer something that they may want at that moment. And because people are so wishy-washy or indecisive or temporary, you have to be cautious. So I say be cautious because without knowing exactly how they feel, even once they do tell you that, you still have to hold your guard up almost because as you make more of that effort, you're just putting yourself out there deeper and deeper. That's why the pain hurts more because once they walk away from you, you kind of trusted what they were saying. You know what I mean? And I've been in situations before like that too, where I've told women like, yo, like I've played this game before. I already know how this shit's going to work. Like, just let me know. Or I, I offer to pull myself back. They get mad at me for doing that. And then they ghost. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the hell? It's crazy because you don't expect it to happen. But at the same time, you have to be mindful. People are doing these things because they have issues themselves. So without you recognizing those issues or without you being cautious, you're basically saying, oh, come here, take advantage of me, do whatever. And then now, you know, I'm going to have to figure it out. So Michelle said, how do you determine if it's you or them or both of y'all? Are you saying that in terms of the abandonment issues or the, the issues going on? Oh, yeah, you said issues specifically. OK, I got you. Um, I guess you would just kind of notice based on the problems that come up. So, I mean, sometimes some things are intentional where they're done almost to try to get you out of your comfort level. It's called like a shit test almost. If you Google shit test, you'll see it. It's just a way to try to get you off center just to see how well you can keep yourself focused and motivated and driven through that process. So what I will say is that if it's something that you're not causing or if it's something that they're bringing up, you know who you are already, right? You know your temperament. You know what works for you and you know what doesn't. Put all that shit out there so people can know and people are aware of what's happening. Once they're aware and if they're constantly doing those things to intentionally get you to that level, that's a sign right there. That right there is telling you that they're triggering you and they don't care about your well-being. Someone that cares about you is not going to trigger you to make you feel any inadequate way. But if they're doing that, that basically is telling you everything you need to know. So that's a sign that you need to be mindful of that. And thank you, Marjorie. I mean, I just had a lot on my mind. I don't know. I know it's pretty early to do a live, but I just felt like I had to address this stuff. So I definitely appreciate that, y'all. I don't know if anyone has anything else that they want to say, but I'll be here. Let me know. That's crazy, y'all. I was looking at my like page today. 83% women and 17% men. 285 women and 58 men. What am I doing wrong? Can someone let me know? Like, I really want to have what I do to be a part of what men should be a part of, too. Like, I feel like... Oh, hold on. Michelle says, if they are triggering you, say it again for the men and, and women in the back. It's the truth. Like, people ignore triggers. Like, someone told me the other day when I was having, like, a little issue with them, like, it's not... What do they say? It's not their fault or it's not their job to fix my triggers. But I'm like, if you're causing the trigger, what the hell am I supposed to do? Sit here and act like everything is okay and just be comfortable with it? Fuck no. Nah. But that's what I'm talking about. You know, we get so busy dealing with people that don't really care about us. And we're expecting them to have a better understanding of ourselves. But we know ourselves. Ourselves will tell us everything we need to know. 
And sometimes the other person will do that as well, but we will learn it ourselves before that other person does. So if that person is basically telling that they don't care about it, what more do you expect to get from that other than that? Just got to roll with it. And I mean, it's something that you have to accept and it's something that becomes a reality because at the end of the day, without your self-love, I mean, <laughs> there's nothing else there. So fashion says, I think this is about my question about what I asked about the reflection page, right? I think men don't like to face real life issues. And I think you are right. I think a lot of men would much rather experience life in a way that is just haphazardly. So they kind of just take things as they come. And as they come up, they'll rather just wing it, you know? Like, oh, I got my girl pregnant. I know I don't got no job, but I'm going to just go for it and just hope that it will just make sense later on. It's reckless. And I mean, I feel like if that's how people are going to be when it comes to things that are going to progress them. It's a setup for failure. Because again, you're not really thinking with your best interest in mind. You're literally just telling yourself that it doesn't matter what's going on. I'm going to figure it out. Well, clearly, if that was the case, you would have already figured it out before it got to that point. And for whatever reason, we know that, you know, some men don't have the best decision making. So because of that, you have to take the resources that are placed in front of you and do what's needed. Like, I don't I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand for the life of me. This shit is so crazy. And I'm just like, wow, how is it that, you know, I've been this way pretty much my entire life. You know, I was raised by my grandparents. I barely had my father around in my life to, you know, give me what was needed. And I still was able to get it. And I'm not saying that I went to my grandfather for advice or I, you know, watched what he did. I kind of just learned that in order to be a man, you have to be able to take a stand, you know. And sometimes taking that stand is not doing things that everyone else is doing, but it's being able to put yourself in the best positions possible. And that's how I feel like you win in life. When you are able to utilize all of your resources and your tools to get you where you need to be, that's exactly what it is. I mean... You know, I have friends that grew up in the street. I could have done the same thing, too. But at the same time, what would that have done for me? Like, I know I wanted to be so much better than my surroundings. But by being better than my surroundings, it wasn't going to put me in a, in a better state. It was just going to keep me in the same mindset that was going to be closed off just as them. So without us doing what's needed, I mean, there you go. Marjorie says men don't like to ask for help. I mean, it's true. I know it's a pride and it's an ego thing, just as um fashion was mentioning earlier, but I mean, I think we have to get out of that mindset. I mean, whether you like to ask for help or not, it's just something that you have to be willing to recognize that whether you need the help, you just have to take what's in front of you. By doing that, that gives you the opportunity to build yourself up and to create a better opportunity for those around you. I mean, you got kids, whether you like to ask for help or not, you know, you're not working, you're not doing anything to benefit your kids. Maybe you need to you know, link up with the guy that is doing something for his kids to figure out what you could do. Because a lot of the things that we're doing really isn't money driven. Like we don't need money to do it, but we can make the effort to get it done. And by making the effort, it's simply just being present by being available. So Michelle said, I honestly think some men are not ready to face their issues like head on if it still aligns with weakness. That's true. I noticed that for a lot of men, like as I mentioned, getting custody of my son, um, a lot of men would tell me, Oh, well, why do you need to have your son like with you like every other day? Like, why do you need to have your son, you know, with you all the time? He's my son. Why wouldn't I want him with me? But because so many men have gotten into a mindset of just child support, child support, child support, it's like a comfort level. And based on that, they don't know how to do anything else other than just, oh, well, I'm gonna just go ahead and give her $400 a month. I'm gonna just go ahead and see my son every other weekend. I'm gonna live my life. I'm gonna act like my son doesn't exist. 
But if you're a man that knows that you have a child out there that you're not really making the effort for or you're comfortable paying child support, I mean, <laughs> I don't even know what to tell you. Like that whole mindset right there is just based on a defeatist attitude where they already feel like they are defeated and they can't overcome that. So they're stuck, right? So it's like they're at a place where they know that by being a father, which would be like an everyday thing, if it wasn't for the child support, if they had like a 50-50 custodial agreement, they would have to be more involved. And for them, they have already removed themselves from fathering so much that they don't want to be bothered with it. I mean, it's another aspect too, where as I was getting custody, I was studying all these different forms of custody. And it's like, there's that every other weekend dad and... um as you start to do that, you start to become like a Disneyland dad, they call it, where you just try to give your children all these enjoyable experiences because you want to give your child just the moments of you not being there to make up for it. So you start to overcompensate to try to make up for your absence. But in reality, what it's teaching the child is that life is all about having fun and life is all about spending money and all about, you know, doing the things that I guess make the child feel comfortable versus actually tackling real issues. And fashion says, yep, as my son's father says, I'll cross that bridge, that bridge when it gets here. That's too late. Children aren't going to be able to accept that. And the way kids are moving nowadays is like they're at a place where they're not going to be able to respect their parents or specifically their fathers as their fathers show them that it's not important. Like one of the biggest lessons I've had to learn about manhood is that there's no better time than right now. You know what I mean? All that we're putting off is just a, another way to show how... We're not willing to attack the issues, so we're going to make excuses for the issues. And then as they come up, we'll hopefully handle them. But what if you die tomorrow? What if your child has to go through life for the rest of their life, not being able to have those answers? What are you going to say then? Like, are you just going to say that it's one of those things where it doesn't matter? Oh, well, you know, my family can talk to him and my family can do this. No, because it's not the same. A lot of times families do step up, but it's not the same as the biological parent because the biological parent has that DNA that flows through that child, that that child is always going to be at a space where that child is going to wonder. Shit, my father told me that when I was, um, well, when I became an adult and I met him again, just like, yeah, I knew that, um, you know, you would come back and you would look for me. So I thought I knew I didn't have to worry about it. Like that shit was like the most disrespectful shit I ever heard in my fucking life. But again, that's how some men think. Like they know that they don't have to do the necessary steps to do what's needed. So it's easier just to make excuses for it. And Michelle says, a lot of these conversations come off as intangible, too fluffy. It's true. I've been called soft my entire life. I've been called too feminine. I've been called too, you know, bitchy or I've been called a bitch. Like so much shit. But I mean, I don't care. I mean, I just know that it's something that I need to be able to put out and something that I need to be able to keep people focused on. Because without it, it happens, yo. <laughs> I'm telling you, it happens. But without it, I mean, we're setting ourselves up. Shoot. I've even been on dates with women or I've even had women where I've been, you know, with them for like four or five months. And one of them broke up with me was like, yeah, you're too soft. You're not thug enough for me. Like, I need a man that's more masculine and more manly. Not to say I don't have those characteristics already, but because I was caring about her and I made sure that she was OK. I made sure she was taken care of. But our society has kind of pushed this mindset along that we need to have men that don't care about us or men that don't really worry about our well-beings to show us how important we are. So it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, if I tell y'all the stuff I've been through, y'all shit, y'all would just go crazy because <laughs> it's amazing. But here I am today. And it's just one of those things where it's just, you know, 
<laughs> so Ziri says, look at my Pooh Bear speaking all confidently and stuff. So proud of you, Amadou. Thank you. I mean, it's been a long time coming. Y'all know, like, you know, with everything I've been through in life, I just figure it's time to start utilizing it in the best way to give everybody what they need to get them in the perfect spot. Shoot. I had someone ask me yesterday if I could mentor their son. I'm still thinking about it. I mean, why not, right? You know, just give their son whatever I give my son as well. And I just think that's a blessing. I'm only thinking about it in that level too, just because his father's in his life and I'm, you know, not really available as far as being able to give, I guess, children what they need when their father's present. Like, I don't like the overstep boundaries, if that makes sense. So... Michelle Nelson says, too used to toxic. It's true. Like so many people are so used to toxicity. When something good comes along, it's an issue. It's a problem. Only because they're much comfortable when it's like, I guess just something that they have to worry about. Like, I don't know. I mean, as a woman, do you guys like to have to worry about what a man is doing out here? Or do you like to know that what he's doing is leaving you in a comfortable state? Y'all let me know. So I guess a cat, I think I'm saying it correct. They want a, a rough neck. They do want a rough neck. They're so busy trying to deal with thugs and deal with, you know, men that they can turn into gentlemen that they're getting themselves caught up. But as we all know, that's not progressive. That's not going to move you forward. That's going to keep you in a stuck mindset. Shoot. No wonder why, you know, you dealing with a man, y'all married and he's off cheating on you left and right. You sitting at home with the kids cuddled up, crying every night, wondering when he going to come back. Well, you had a good guy, a guy that will treat you well and give you respect, you know, take care of things and do what's needed. But even that became an issue. So I don't know. It's crazy. Anybody else got anything else to add? Anyone? I guess we're good here, right? I hate to end this because I feel like this was so good. Like this was... A really amazing conversation. I love every aspect of it too. Cause it didn't just stay on one like topic. It actually elevated to different topics. But um, if this is it, thank you guys. I guess I'll do another one later on too, since I have like, you know, such great feedback for this one. So definitely. Alright, you guys have a nice rest of the day. Peace out.